Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Maloof and Barbara Turley. Welcome to this episode of the Virtual Success Show. Um, really excited to be sharing and talking with Simon Reynolds today. But before we uh, introduce Simon, uh, hey, Barb, how are you going? I'm great, Matt. Thank you very much. Delighted and excited about this show, too, to hear Simon's great insights into uh, virtual teams. Fantastic. So, um, and welcome, Simon, to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Fantastic. Well, Simon and I, well, we work closely together at the Fortune Institute, and um, I met Simon back in 2008, and I think at that time, you'd just moved um, from Australia to the United States, Simon, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, there now, here in almost always sunny Los Angeles. Fantastic. And um what amazed me at the time when we met, and, and, and at that time when we met, uh, you were coaching me, and um, was that you were running your coaching business? You were you were living in you were in the US, and yet you had team here in Australia uh, doing a lot of the coordinating and the like for you. And um, so, I guess what we wanted to share with everybody today was your experiences with virtual teams and and, and, virtu- and using virtual staff for, for many functions within your business or businesses and your experiences with that. So if you could if we could start with just sharing who you've got on your team or, or your virtual team and, and what sort of key roles they play or, or tasks they do for you. Yeah, sure. Well, look, I, I have a virtual assistant and have had for, for many years in Australia. And uh, she's responsible for doing a whole lot of stuff. She sets up meetings for me. She actually handles a lot of my finances, so um, uh, you know she pays bills that, uh, that are needed and all that kind of stuff. I use her also for for research, so uh, that could be work research. Or can you check out a company that does X, Y, and Z? Or I even use her for things like uh, holidays. So if I want to go to Italy, uh, I don't uh, search through for the best hotel in Milan. I say I want a hotel with these. Uh, within these parameters in Milan, can you present me three uh, three good examples of that? So that's incredibly useful and, and an amazing way to slice off time. And I'll, I'll even use her to uh, slice off uh, uh, a minute uh, numerous times a week. So, for instance, if someone if I have a if someone wants an appointment uh, with me, I'll just send it through to her. And even though that, uh, even though that may only take her one or two or three minutes to to actually get into the diary, that's just one less task I have to do. So I use it for super short tasks. I use it for personal and business tasks, and I use it for some financial tasks. Now, in addition to that, I uh, have a salesperson in in uh, another part of California, and uh, through some of my work in America coaching, uh, I have uh, a, a closer. So someone who um, uh, uh, the clients would, would find out about me on the internet and eventually uh, they go through a webinar system and eventually they'd, 
get on a call with the, with the salesperson. And so that's entirely virtual. I have had one lunch with him at his request. He wanted to actually see if I, if I was, existed or I was you know, an alien life force uh, that was only audio. Um, and uh, so we had a physical lunch. But other than that, I've, I've never seen him. And then thirdly, I have someone uh, in the Philippines who does all my graphic design and, and uh, my slides for presentations, uh, my, uh, if I want a, um, you know, some kind of brochure done, who will do that. If I need a logo done, who will do that. So they're the three people that I'm, I'm, I'm working with. Now, uh, Matt, you and I work together in, in a whole different company where we use a whole series of virtual assistants for design, for Infusionsoft, uh, the back-end CRM systems, etc. Yes, yeah. And and with the three key people you mentioned there being your assistant, um, the the salesperson you've got, and the designer, are they all full-time? Um, are they part-time or are they on project basis? Yeah, all project ba- basis, none full-time. So my assistant works uh, on average between four and five hours a day, uh, five days a week. The My art person in the Philippines could work as little as zero hours to on the upside might work on a big week might work 15 hours uh, for me and then the salesperson probably does average of a day a week Uh, so he's very much uh, doing sales for other people as well okay fantastic and why have you chosen to use virtual teams for these roles simon rather than say you know having people locally that that you can have access to you know, within your office or the like? Well, it, it, it's definitely cheaper. There's no, no doubt about it. And, and you know, it, it, it's really interesting to see the very high quality often of, of people who are, who are virtual assistants. You know, better and better, some of the Asian countries are, are just improving in leaps and bounds as, as it becomes a more established career for someone to, to be a, uh, a virtual a, a assistant. But even in America, you, you find that there's a number of states, uh, uh, Arizona being one of them, where you can find very inexpensive and good Americans doing virtual assistance, uh, uh, assistant work as well. So uh, clearly priced. But two, a, a huge advantage of virtual assistance is the time. So plenty of times, if I'm up, uh, against a deadline, if I was to rely on someone in my own time sphere, then I'd probably be paying a fortune for someone to work overnight. But I can just switch to another country and get somebody to uh, start working on something while I sleep. And I do that frequently, particularly with the art guy. I'll, uh, I'll wake up in the morning and there will be you know, seven or eight hours work done, done by him. Or even with Tanya, my assistant uh, for my day-to-day secretarial staff, she'll, she'll frequently do stuff while, uh, while I, I'd be asleep. So the advantage is you're, you're a 24-7 operation and the, the cycle of getting work done is, is much shorter. And then finally, it's, it's the fact they're not on full time. You know, I, I know that's often the primary reason that someone chooses a virtual assistant that you can just outsource when you, when you need them. But it's just one of many reasons for using them, in my opinion. And just on the time zone shift, um, particularly, say, with, with Tanya, your, your assistant, do, do, are there ever any challenges when you're across, you know, such a, a wide gap of, uh, in, in the time difference? Yeah, that's a good question. 
plenty of challenges. Half the time, uh, I'm, in the, I'm in the West Coast of America. She's in Sydney in Australia. So the time difference in effect, even though it's a different day, so it's technically, you know, like 17 hours difference. For this, how, how it manifests is there's either five or seven hours difference, depending on what country has daylight savings at one, one point in time. And plenty of times it works that, that I stop work and she's still working. But on the other hand, in the mornings, she's not there. So she doesn't come on until about my 2 p.m. typically. Most, for most of the year, and sometimes she doesn't come on till till three or four p.m. Uh, once again, depending on when each uh, country starts its daylight savings and stops its daylight savings. Now, when there's a seven-hour difference, that's tough. So you know, it's it's for me unless you just want them to work at night. If you want to liaise with them during the day, you want to keep you know have the difference somewhat relevant. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. If I was really going into virtual assistants in great depth, I'd probably have them in, I'd have them standing by, but not on retainer, so not costing me. I'd have a one or two standing by in other countries, so uh, including my own, America, where I am now, so that if I needed work at any point in time, I had someone. Now, I haven't organized that yet, but I think that's the potential for me, is to have someone that I trust, in several different areas, secretarial or admin, in art, um, possibly in sales, but it's probably not necessary. And they're sitting sitting around the world, and and 24 hours a day, if I need them, they're they're ready. That's 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 the ultimate for me. And and not having that can be a disadvantage. Fantastic. And all your assistants work from home. Yeah, yeah, they do, and. You know, an interesting thing again here is that you're getting often a better person because they don't want to work in an office. Now, here's an interesting stat. Uh, around 60%, I've heard 60% of IBM staff worldwide are now outsourced. So obviously it's a giant complex uh, organization doing complex activities and, and, and complex products. So um, that, that's absolutely extraordinary. Now, why are they doing that? Part of the reason is they can attract high caliber people with the promise of working at home. And so, you know, this is another reason that, you know, the virtual workforce is just going to grow and grow is a lot of people say, you know what, I'd like to uh, come in at lunchtime and, and, and cuddle my, my child. You know, I don't want to just see them for a brief period in, in the beginning of the day and the end or even, even only one of those. And, and so from sheer caliber of people, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, a very attractive proposition as, as IBM have, have found out. Yeah, it's, um, it's certainly, I think, and having had people work in a, uh, from home and from a workspace um, as well, I tend to find the both work, it, like you said, it comes down to the person. I think as long as the person's happy with wherever they're working in their environment, it works. So um, yeah. for, for some, um, and I've had assistants that working from home just doesn't work for them. They're not set up properly. The environment doesn't support it or it's too noisy or whatever it might be. But on other, the other hand, some of them um, wouldn't have it any other way. So I think it's a, it's a interesting, interesting point. Simon, yeah. um, or actually, Barbara, have you got any questions for Simon? I do, actually. Yes, Simon, I've got a, a very interesting one for you. I'd love to know your thoughts on, on this one. I'm sure you hear this a lot as well. 
I mean, you deal with entrepreneurs all the time in coaching programs and you've privately coached lots of people. What about the hurdle? And I call it a hurdle because it is a big hurdle for people to get over. Early stage entrepreneurs or the solopreneur type person who's currently doing everything themselves. I hear a lot of people say, it doesn't work for me. I can't get virtual assistance the, the whole virtual team thing to work and they just sort of run back to doing everything themselves. What advice would you give to people who are at that sort of juncture where they, they can't really grow unless they get a team, but they they just have this fear and this thing holding them back that it won't work for them? Well, you know, there's two types of virtual assistants as far as I can see that you can get. The first is that you deal with them direct. And then the second is you use a company that manages them. And, and has pre-selected them. And I would definitely recommend that option for that style of person. And in fact, for most people who, uh, who seek a virtual assistant, it may be, not always, but it may be that the, it's slightly more expensive to, to have an in-between manager. But what happens is you're very sure of the quality of the person. You're very sure of the management of the person and the, and the efficiency of the person. And it's an easier process to first step into having a virtual assistant to, to work with a, a, an organization like that. So I'd, I'd ask them, I guess I'd suggest to them to do a bit of research. Go and check out some of these people who manage and procure on your behalf uh, high-quality virtual assistants because that makes it easier. So a lot of the problems of, or how am I going to run it, or I don't know how I can do this, or I'm not very digitally oriented, etc., all very real problems. Uh, most of them are mitigated by by using a kind of um, a middleman in the middle uh, yeah. to 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 help to help sort it out and be a lot easier. And then the second thing I'd say is this: that like anything on the planet that's of value, study it. You know, say, okay, I'm going to spend for two or three weeks, I'm going to spend an hour studying the world of uh, virtual assistants. I'm going to look online. I'm going to look at the pros. I'm going to look at the cons. I'm going to look on how to run them. All of these are free blogs around the place, free, uh, free pieces of advice. And, you know, you spend three hours studying the area. It really gives you a lot more confidence. Uh, going to forums about it, etc. online forums, gives you a lot more confidence that, A, it's viable. B, it's possible for someone who's unskilled in, in the virtual world to to enter this field and 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 see that they give you give people uh, confidence that there's a lot of people who are who are making this work and that it's there's a good chance it can work for them. And a follow-on question from that then would be because the other problem I'm seeing with a lot of clients of ours would be that's sort of the first problem and then once we solve for that problem around the management and you know giving comfort around how the person is managed etc. It comes down to, well, now you have a VA, let's say, for example, and all the HR side of it is managed, etc. But then a lot of it boils down to your ability to create your own processes and the systems and how your business operates and what this VA is going to actually be doing for you. So how how much um, weight would you place on people getting very clear around their processes, etc., so that they can get success with a VA? Well, I think that's you know really valid point. It's not a set and forget. It's not oh they're magical and you just you just you know throw Power it all over to them. To go. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's no different from having a real life person in your office. They're going to run a lot better when they're given processes. When there's a system of checking up on them. You know, I was coaching someone only yesterday, and they've just in- instituted a system on checking up on their staff 
uh, every uh, every couple of days as to whether they've actually done the stuff that they that they said they were going to do, and it's made a massive difference to their quality. So, if that's the case in real life, then it must be even more so with the, in the virtual world when they're not in front of you. Uh, and you know, it's a great point because developing these processes is not going to just make them a more effective virtual assistant. Uh, assistant, it's going to make your business a much better business anyway, instead of you just winging it and being able to get away with it because the person happens to sit uh, across from you in the, in, in the office. These kind of disciplines should be done for uh, real-world offices and virtual offices, uh, but certainly doing it for virtual is, is a great way of improving uh, uh, the smoothness of operations. Yeah, we see that a lot. The people, the people who do really well in our experience anyway, are those who really focus on, on their processes and getting, and actually having a good relationship, developing that rapport with the VA and actually discussing their business vision, the strategy, and then how those processes link in and how that VA actually, uh, what part they play, I guess, in the whole, in the whole thing. Yeah. You know, again, a good point. You know, a lot of people might say, you know, treat these people because they can't see them uh, as much that they're, they're not holistic humans, of course, and that's you know ridiculous. Winning them over, winning their hearts uh, over towards your company and towards you is is fundamental leadership. And and just because someone's virtual doesn't mean the fundamentals of leadership don't apply. Mm. Just, what would you say to someone? Sorry, Matt, I just had one more one more question on that. Yeah. Sort of a, another follow on point is that sometimes people, what I hear anyway, and this is a frustration, I guess, from clients who are not getting success. Sometimes the feedback I will get is, uh, oh, they're not proactive enough. And I sort of feel, well, you know, with a virtual assistant, for example, how proactive should we expect them to be? Or are we, you know, where does the, where does the line go between an implementer and a strategist? I'm interested to know your thoughts there. Well, I mean, it, uh, it depends on the manner in which they're employed. So, you know, if someone's being employed on an ad hoc basis um, or, or versus uh, you would have to, of course, um, be completely proactive in, in briefing them. Whereas if someone's booked for a certain number of hours a week, then, yes, they sh- the, the virtual person ideally would be a little proactive themselves. But, you know, what do people want for the money? You know, you've got someone really keen. You've got someone who's who understands uh, the task. Um, uh, you've got them uh, usually incredibly inexpensively versus many other alternatives. If the owner of the business has to do a little more pushing, uh, has to do a little more leadership, has to do a little more planning, well, that's a small price to pay for all the other advantages. Mm. Great. So I've got just last two quick questions. Um, just with, specifically with regards to um, Ta- Tanya, your virtual assistant, your, like your um, secretary. How often do you meet face-to-face with Tanya? Well, each time I fly to Australia, we try, don't always, we try to have a, a lunch for an hour and a half. And uh, I think that's good for the relationship. I don't think by any means it's necessary. Uh, I think it's good, but not necessary. So uh, if we can't, uh, then then so be it. I don't think you have to meet them. But, um, you know, 
after you have lunch with someone, you always feel a little closer to them, as you know, as long as it's an enjoyable lunch. Um, and I think I think that's worth a lot. You know, they they feel more loyalty towards you. There's a better bond. You feel more comfortable talking to them from a great distance. So yeah, definitely worth that. And then just the follow on from that is how how often do you do you the both of you communicate week to week? Not enough. I'm pretty bad on that. So we're communicating via email every day. And we've tried to initiate 10-minute phone calls three times a week. And, and often they, you know, they'll extend to 20, 25 minutes. But uh, we started putting short phone calls in the diary to make sure we at least spoke, spoke to each other a few times during the week. And most of the, times, uh, uh, most of the time I stick with that. But it's, it's something that I've not been as good at as, as I should. And, and the danger of it's if you're just constantly emailing people is you begin, begin to be a little disconnected and they feel a bit – I mean, I'm fine with it, but uh, often people – and she's, she's a case in point – she might feel uh, you know, a little like she's sitting on a deserted island. So, yeah, I think it's important to have, have regular calls and I think it's important to have them diarized. You can add them, add, 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 add hoc ones to it, but um, definitely have a series, a base series of foundational meetings locked in the diary, and that, that helps uh, you know keep the system smooth. Fantastic, Bob. Are there any other questions that you had for Simon? I just have one sort of wrap up little question that I'd love to throw out at Simon, and I know sure. I know I know what the answer is going to be. I think, but I think for the listeners, it'd be good to have this one. Simon, in your view, you know, you've seen you've grown many companies yourself massively. You've coached a lot of companies into massive success. Can you grow a company all by yourself? Well, it depends what size. Well, can um, you grow, you know, without, without for, well, let me, let, me, let me ask the question a different way. Without, you know, once initially in startup, we, we're all after sales. It's all about sales and marketing. But then when we start to grow, you know, without systems, processes and teams, can you create the sort of entrepreneurial freedom that everyone is after and grow an epically large company or how difficult is it to do it all by yourself well i mean clearly it's, it's well well nigh impossible yes. um you, you would have to have a, a a an incredibly automated digital business to be able to do it uh, you know you sure you need people and you the more you grow the more you need people to the point where you know as as a guy i used to be in business with used to say to me he said look his main job is to make himself redundant and he was always looking to do that. And, and sure enough, you know, when we had a company that was, that was worth over half a billion dollars, he used to sit in his office and uh, I don't think he had that much to do because he, he had truly made himself redundant. So that's the aim, but you're only going to do that through good people and, as you say, through good processes and, and finally through fair remuneration. Great. Thank you so much. There's fantastic insights into how you do it and I know the listeners are going to benefit a lot from some of the insights today. Fantastic. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate uh, being here. Fantastic. Thanks, Simon. And uh, that's our show for today. Um, be sure to um, you know, continue to listen. Add any comments or questions at the, uh, underneath. And um, we're looking forward to continuing to bring you uh, these amazing interviews and insights into the world of virtual success. Uh, thanks, uh, Bob, for your time. And I look forward to our next episode. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sai. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. 
Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.